Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast exists to inspire and encourage your heart-centered leadership. Each week, I share interviews with some of the greatest heart-centered leaders in the world. And I hope that our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. Please visit abty.co.uk if you would like us in your corner. These interview sessions are brought to you by Matt Media Online Marketing, an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want to get your business seen through the power of social media, head to mattmedia.online. On episode 219, I am honored to bring to you Kristen Butler. Kristen is the CEO and founder of The Power of Positivity, a worldwide community of over 50 million human beings. She is the best-selling author of the three-minute positivity journal and this week has published her book, The Comfort Zone, Create a Life You Really Love with Less Stress and More Flow. We have an incredible conversation around what it means to live from the comfort zone. I hope that it inspires your growth, your journey, as you give yourself permission to live, love, and lead from your comfort zone. Head to the show notes, go get your copy of The Comfort Zone. It's out this week. It is Kristen Butler on episode 219, the author of The Comfort Zone and CEO of The Power of Positivity. Kristen, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. How are you? Very well. Such an honor to have you on the show. I, um, I've i been reading up on your book, your new book that's coming out on, on April the 18th. I think it's going to really change some hearts and minds. But one of the things that really inspired me about the book, and we'll get to the concept of the book shortly, but was your story was your was your background was your was your upbringing and and I'd, I wonder if we can start there if we might yeah absolutely where do you want to start well there's this one liner that says that you were a 14 year old social media maven <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely you know when i was 14 um there was the library at school it was the only place that had computers at the time you know going to be 39 soon. So <laughs> I'm dating myself, but um, I was checking my email and there was a website called bolt.com. It was like an advertisement in my email. And it said it was a social community with people all around the world. And I was like, at 14, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was from a small town. So to meet people all around the world just sounded almost unbelievable, you know? And I signed up. I think my username was <laughs> Kristen underscore six seven seven underscore six seven six underscore fifteen underscore something crazy <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. I had yeah. no idea like about usernames or anything like that. Yeah. And after a few years, I started really making connections, and I just loved social media. I literally fell in love with it. And you could create groups at the time. And so this time, maybe I was 17 or 18, but I created a group called Bolt Beauties. Mm -hmm. And it was about inner beauty. And I started sharing quotes then. Mm -hmm. And 
I just love the connection aspect of it. And I started moving up on the site. They had like a top 10 list. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I was always like top 10 or top three, just because I just loved it so much. I was any chance I got to be on the computer. I was, that's where I was. <laughs> what's your what's your heart for quotes you know um i had a very good relationship with my grandma and she just she loved quotes and she would read from the bible or read from books inspirational books or self-help books and so um i feel like that's who ingrained that into me you know yeah that's powerful. I know that you dedicate your book to your grandma, and um, yes, one of the one of the the things that I didn't expect to feel from your book was that you you described something in there about how you didn't realize um, your own life circumstance at the time, so you weren't defined or pre or limited by this belief that maybe you were struggling, maybe there are some challenges, and and I come from a single parent background too, and. And I look back at my younger self, I think, God, I must have been, you know, lower socioeconomic. I must have, you know, the the type of lunch that I had probably wasn't all of the brands and stuff like that. And yet I didn't realise that I was maybe poor or of a different type of background. And and, and when you wrote that as well, it's like, oh, yeah, you didn't realise that. And therefore you weren't limited by the, the preconceptions of maybe society. Yeah, I really feel like um, as children, sometimes we might, depend on our personalities, but wear rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. and we have that innocence about us. And yeah, in the book I share that I had a very like large confidence and belief in the world and belief in people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see myself as poor, but as I, you know, grew up, I start getting all the labels right um from society and Mm -hmm. from people and you know i think over time it did diminish that you know diminish that innocence inside for a time right yeah but you're a dreamer you're a dreamer at heart right yeah yeah absolutely ever since i was younger it's like i just always felt like there was something big inside and i wanted to make an impact on the world and help people well, it's funny because here we are having this conversation in 2023 and yet the the work that you've been putting out into the world for some time now had already impacted mine and my wife's life, probably 2016, 2017, through the power of positivity. You know, we, we started to get into the online business space. I won't say entrepreneurial because I'm not entrepreneurial. <laughs> I tolerate the, the the running of the business side of things. I'm a, I'm a coach and I'm a helper and a community leader at heart. Yeah. But I was coming across your content, which was just like oxygen, you know, in a world full of negativity and controversy and, and um, conflict. Your space of the Internet was always uplifting. It was always, as it says on the tin, giving out the power of positivity. So before we go and dive into that, I just want to first and say thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I think you started Power of Positivity 2009. Is that correct? Yes, 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where did that come from? What was the initial hope? Did you ever expect it to become as, as big as it is now with over 50, 50 million worldwide followers? You know, when I started it, I at the time I was freelancing for other people, you know, doing social media work, graphic work and 
website stuff and um, Facebook had just started groups and I was creating groups for my clients and I thought, well, if I had a group, what would it be? You know, I, I don't want it work related. I want to have a community of people that um, can like, inspire me. So I was thinking like, what would it be? And it came to mind that really to me, the most profound thing is positivity, like living a positive lifestyle, not just in thinking, but in your habits. And so I started the page and really at first it was just about building that community of people that could um, like almost keep me going and I could help them and they could help me and we could just inspire each other. You know, I really feel like influences everything and the people that you surround yourself with. And I didn't really see that in the world at the time. I was making huge changes. And so I just wanted to create a community and share my findings of how I changed my life from rock bottom. And, you know, when you when when you go through something, you just get so excited. At least I do. Like, I'm like, I got to tell everybody about this. Why doesn't everybody know? And so that's where I was at the time. I was just like, I want to shout from the rooftops. And because I love social media, this was an outlet for me to express that and to kind of bring myself into the world and connect with other people who might have felt the same way or might have needed the message. Hey, my friends, thank you for being with us so far. I hope you're enjoying the interview. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about our signature Heartprint Coaching. Our Heartprint Coaching is for you if you're ready to go all in on becoming a heart-centered leader, ready to go all in on doing more of what you love, ready to see what you are capable of with support, guidance and accountability. You're ready to go on a rapid transformational journey that will change your life and others in as little as three months. Are you ready to show up with courage and share your gift with the world? Ready to start making an income and more impact by doing what you love? Ready to start leaving your legacy where those around you are left better than yesterday? In our Heartprint Signature Coaching, in our time together, I'll help you lead from your heart set. I'll help you develop other people and your team. I'll help you bring your heart work to the world. I'll help you start leaving a legacy and capturing examples of your impact. I will help you be someone you love, to do more of what you love, and to serve people that you love. It's an amazing opportunity for someone who's ready to go all in and be a heart-centered leader. I'll throw in loads of other bonuses, including your life languages profile, uh, access to our Master Heart and Mind membership, and even some Always Better Than Yesterday merchandise. Head to abty.co.uk forward slash coaching to find out more, and I look forward to connecting with you very soon. That's abty.co.uk forward slash coaching. Here we go. Back to the interview. Yeah, I think, you know, being able to describe rock bottom is, is quite a... Um common thing that people in the online space are saying but reading your book you truly were rock bottom yeah you know i mean i had a bed bed to sleep on and you know food and you know people who loved me but i didn't feel like that at the time i didn't see like that perspective i just felt the weight of failures you know all the labels um at the time my health was suffering Mm -hmm. You know, the doctor told me, you're never going to have kids. Mm. Um, And 
I let my business go. So that failed and I was in bankruptcy. Really every area of my life was falling apart. And I just thought, wow, like, why am I here? Like, I felt more of a burden on the world than, you know, you know, that I had a purpose. But when I kind of connected back to that purpose and why I was here and started rebuilding myself from that place, loving on myself, taking time for self-care, day by day, I started to feel a little better. You know, of course it took time, but it really made a difference. Yeah, you, you talked about the, you know, the Bible um, with your with your grandma, and I think we share a faith. And in, and in your on your website, you talk about how power of positivity is a gift. And I'd just love to know, kind of, what is your perspective around that gift? Where does it come from? You know, and and how have you seen that as a as a way of your contribution to to the world and, and to people? You know, it just feels so good inside it feels like it's connected to my purpose Mm -hmm. and so it just feels deeply ingrained to me because i'm being able to be of service and do something i really love i really love social media and i've always believed in it like i said for since i was 14 and it just feels good to be able to help people all over the world that i never would have been able to help otherwise Hey friends, I just wanted to take a quick moment to introduce the new official sponsor of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, Matt Media Online Marketing. Matt Media have been involved in the production of over 100 interview sessions. I highly recommend their services. Matt Media Online Marketing are an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want your business seen through the power of social media, head to mapmedia.online. You can find the link in the show notes. And here we go, back to the interview. I I have a theory that, you know, our purpose is found in in kind of three pathways. It's it's in some Mm. way linked to the things that we're passionate about, and it becomes purpose when we use that to serve other people. I think there's purpose in our pain. You know, there's some scripture that says when Paul's pleading for God to remove the thorns from his flesh, the passion translation says, in your weakness, you will find my full expression. And I love that deep rooted sense of purpose coming from our pain. And then the last one is the possibilities that we can create, you know, for other people. I, I guess having said those three quite quickly is is one of the three, you know, stand out for you is where how did you discover what your purpose was? Yeah, I mean, I love all three of those. I feel like as a young child, I, I I wouldn't have agreed with the pain part back then, right? I felt like I already knew my purpose. It just felt yeah, so yeah. true. And I feel like pain can bring out your purpose, but I also feel like it doesn't have to. Um, I, I do know some people who, you know, have grown up in healthy environments and had that type of guidance and, They feel connected to their purpose. So I don't feel like it's necessary, but when you're in those moments, you absolutely can get out of it with strong faith and belief in yourself, in a plan for you, in God, in the world, in people. You really have to connect to that faith first and know that things can get better when you're in that place. But I don't know that I feel like everyone needs to hit rock bottom to find that, but it it can help for sure. It helped me, but I don't think it's necessary. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. I um I understand that Power Positivity is a is a is a family business, and that, and that you co-run it with your your husband. And um, I shared this idea on on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. It came from um, Alex Hanold, who was the rock climber. He he he's from the documentary Free Solo. He climbed the mountain. Um, honestly, it gave me complete anxiety whilst watching him. I must have held my breath for about thirty minutes watching him climb with no ropes. But in it, I heard this one liner. He says, it's not about overcoming my fear. It's not about getting out of my comfort zone. It's about expanding my comfort zone. So I shared this idea. And then your good husband pops up and says, my wife's writing a book on this very topic. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, like, it's a real thing. And then you're talking about how this has been like your life's work. And now you're writing a book on it. I was like, I don't believe in coincidences. I yeah. uh, and I so I'm so excited to have this conversation about the comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. I also believe in synchronicities and it's kind of when you find those that's like the path, you know, go down that and check it out. So, I I thought that was hilarious and when he told me about you I was like, "Wow, I want to talk to anyone who believes in this concept because yeah. it is really life-changing and the more we can share it, um the more we can help people." Mm. But there are some barriers to first accepting your idea, which is this worldly view that we must first get uncomfortable. What do you say to that? Mm. You know, I think that to define what uncomfortable is, it's it's different for everyone, right? You know, when you stretch, you can feel that bit of stretch in your muscle and it feels just a little uncomfortable, but you wouldn't stretch to pain or injury right so i feel like we need to apply that in life and that's where expanding our comfort zone comes into play because if we can think about it like a stretch and that that little bit of uncomfortableness is good but we don't want too much i feel that we a lot of people are living and they're not grounded in their bodies and they're very uncomfortable and they just don't realize it and the idea that we must be uncomfortable to be successful and to be happy. Just mm-hmm. it doesn't resonate because to what degree and how much do we have to suffer to um, to get to where we want to be, you know? Yeah. And I guess, has there been a time when you've not lived this principle? Is there a time when something, you know, was revealed to you about the importance of, hey, you, you, this isn't the way to live? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I. I picked up the step out of your comfort zone idea at a very early age. You know, I was very inspired by my grandfather who was, you know, unfortunately very much a workaholic. And he um, kind of said like, hey, you know, success comes outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, the no pain, no gain type of um, thinking. And even, you know, teachers would kind of, echo that. And um, so I feel like I started to embody that and I did get ahead in life. I I would mm-hmm. wake up really early. Yeah. I would just obsess about, you know, advancing myself, you know, being healthier, achieving my goals. And it's just not sustainable because always trying to push yourself in that way leads to burnout, health problems, um, you know, disconnected relationships with yourself and other people. There's just a myriad of things that come from that. 
And so from experience, I realized that this is not the way to live long-term, at least for someone like me, um, that's a bit more sensitive. It just, I, I couldn't stay in that arena for very long. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think of like the big people out there like Tony Robbins that would say, if you're not growing, you're dying. So we're not saying that comfort zone isn't about growing because because I think a lot of misconception is if you stay there, like there's this fear of missing out that in some way life's passing you by your and I guess there's the three zones of living that you talk about in, in the comfort yeah. zone. Like Maybe if we articulate so, so the listeners can understand what are, in your opinion, those three zones of living? Yeah, so to me, the comfort zone is not complacency where you're unmotivated. To me, it's like the zone of inspired action. So you're taking action on things that feel good. You're not just taking action on things just because, you know, you feel grateful. You're working from this place of ease and flow. There's harmony and abundance. Of course, life isn't perfect, but you're making the most of your journey and your days. You're taking time for self-care. You're creating healthy boundaries. Um, I feel like that's just a really healthy place to be. The second zone I feel like is where people get confused about the comfort zone. And I call that the complacent zone. And for me, that was the zone of inaction where I didn't feel comfortable um, in my body or with the world. I felt like the world was a hard, difficult place. Mm -hmm. I was unmotivated. I was drowned by fear and struggle. And so this, this zone, I kind of got pushed here from being in what I call the survival zone. Mm -hmm. And this is really the zone of like excessive action, the hustle and the burnout. There's no work-life balance. You're mm -hmm. constantly forcing life instead of mm -hmm. flowing with life. You're trying to force and push and control things. And I feel like much of today, this is where the world is, you know, lots of coffee, sugar, and things like that. Um, comparison when you're going on social media and jealousy and feeling like you're going to miss out if you don't take more action. But really, if we can settle into our comfort zone, we can create opportunities in the flow that don't always require action because we might be taking smarter action, not harder action. Yeah, I love that. That zone you've just described was definitely my 2019, you know, working mm -hmm. above my pay grade, trying to make some stuff happen. It was never yeah. in my control anyway, and it affected my relationships. It affected my health, my well-being. It affected my ability to be the parent I wanted to be for my kids. Mm. And um, the irony that I had to learn was one of surrender. And in that state of mind, I was never going to surrender because I thought if I just work harder, then I will make these things happen. But it's a fallacy because, you know, it was more about my will be done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and obviously in 2019, the biggest story that my listeners will know is and that's the time when my wife and I found faith um, be because we got to the end of ourselves. We got to the end of, of, of what I could make happen and and learning how to surrender. And, and, I, and I think one of the powerful things that I think your book's going to do is first give people permission to live within their comfort zone. Is that powerful? Is that, you know, having permission, do you think that's going to be really key for people? 
Yes, that was perfect. Absolutely. Because it's really just a mindset shift to be okay and not feel shame for resting, taking a nap, maybe slowing down. You know, we have this life. And so we don't want to overdo our years, you know, and I'm glad that you also have been there and understand. I feel like we've all been in one of those three zones and it really determines the quality of our life is determined by which zone we spend the most time in. Mm -hmm. And so if we want a happy life, we're going to have to figure out a way to get in our comfort zone, stay in there and expand from that place so that we can truly enjoy the journey. Yeah. Can can there be such thing as like, too much comfort and what I mean by that and maybe it's the word convenience maybe it's not comfort but convenience because Mm. I think life has started to build stuff around us like the ease of getting stuff on uh, on Apple Music or Netflix (laughs) or we can get stuff delivered Uh, we've got nice comfy beds we've got climate controlled everything that's not what we're talking about when we call when we say about comfort though is it no, not not really, because I feel like if we want to spend a lot of time consuming, you know, television or something else, there's deeper feelings in there. And in the book, I talk about really diving in and understanding to me, because that's complacency if we're always searching for something outside of ourselves right. and um, we're not really actually comfortable because comfort is actually expansion because we we came here to expand and experience life and enjoy life and if it's comfortable you know hey when i go to florida i love flying because it's a more comfortable ride than driving um but we don't want to overdo it in a way that it creates um like you said consuming too much outside of ourselves right yeah i think the word you said complacency is great because i think <laughs> the complacency just shifts where the pain's going to be they get the you get the complacency in this moment where i'm not doing the things that maybe i couldn't should be doing and then i bolt on the problem later down the line so yeah uh, and I, and I, th- I think uh, one of the the things i really like with your book and it's really late well laid out with with the chapters and the way you talk about it is the is the importance of identity really mm-hmm. crafting one's own identity so that we can show up in alignment with that where do people mm-hmm. start if they want to start living in their comfort zone how do they build that awareness of what that might look like and feel like for them yeah that's a really great question i feel like foremost we want to start enjoying our own company and taking time for ourselves not feeling lonely but just connecting with that solitude because for well for me that's also connecting with god and so spending time getting to know who you are what you love what you're good at where you want to go maybe some problems you want to you know address I really feel like taking that time is so important to connect with our identity because our identity is really driven by our habits. And when we get to know what our identity is, we can act on maybe even better habits, mental and physical habits that can drive the identity we actually want. Because sometimes we realize that 
there's some things we want to change about our identity, right? Like, hey, I'm, I want to be like this, but I'm doing this. So the consistency and aligning with that identity and our habits is really key to expressing who we truly are and why we're here. Mm. You obviously have been um, the leader of power positivity for, for all that time, what we're talking now, 14 years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, help us understand how it's possible to do something like that in the world whilst within your comfort zone. Hmm, how I can, that's a great question. You know, I feel like I just connected with the gifts that I had at the time and the passions that I had. And so that might look differently for everyone else. You know, in the book, I don't talk about this is the game plan, the exact roadmap as far as this is what I did and you do that. You have to find what your gifts are and the things that you love and then come from that place because we can all do the same. It's just really what's inside and what what we're here meant to, you know, and meant to do. You know, not everyone is meant to have a social media page, right? Some people they can't even stand the computer. So I feel like um find getting to know yourself and then coming from that place. And that's what I did. I just I I I loved creating, I loved designing, I loved leading, you know, um, I always had like an entrepreneurial spirit and, and I loved journalism. So there was just so many things that were in alignment that I discovered about myself and I was able to propel it forward. Um, and I feel like everyone can do that in their own way. Mm. I find it absolutely fascinating and I love it that you've built this incredible business as I say, 50 million people who are tuning into your stuff, it would be very easy to write a book with that very title. And I know that you've got journals, but it'd be very easy for your first lead book, published book, um, to be titled Power of Positivity. And yet here you go using something. And I think that's incredibly um, just real, I guess. I I guess, did you have some inner conflict around what that might be? Or was it, did it just reveal itself to you and through you? You know, I did actually self-publish the three minute positivity journal that was um, through Amazon KDP, but the comfort zone was literally something I'd been working on. um, It's been seven or eight years now, and especially the last two or three. And at first, of course, when I started living from this place, I felt shame, right? Like, wow, I'm doing what everyone else says not to do. But as I saw it start to work, it built my confidence as I started to see other successful people and realizing that they too are living in that way and talking to other people and seeing that, wow, this is really a powerful place to be and that we don't have to listen to the advice, you know, that we're being told. Um, Anyway, my confidence grew just because about this title and this topic, because I'm passionate about it. I know that it works. It's how I created Power of Positivity. And it really is in line with positive thinking because you're kind of creating your own little bubble of healthy choices um, Mm. and expanding from that place. Yeah, you really believe in the power of words. Yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like the power of words can push you down or propel you forward. And it, you, it, 
really determines um, where your life goes. So I think it starts with your inner talk. Uh, when I was in a dark place, I had very limiting beliefs about myself. I, I gave up on my dreams and about who I was, how I looked, how I felt, everything. Everything was very negative. And as I started to come out of that, I looked back and I didn't realize how negative it really was. And transforming that and as I continue even today to transform limiting beliefs that I find inside about myself reality people circumstances you know I'm continually changing those like hey my reality is really a culmination of my thoughts mm -hmm. truly because my brain is constantly seeking the the truth in my own reality from what I believe, you know, and there's so much science behind that. And when I discovered the science behind that, I was like, wow, this is just so powerful. Um, I mean, people can say positive thinking works, but when you truly experience that type of shift, it's just life changing. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think there's a big misconception even around the word positivity, because I think there's an element where there's a preconception where it's reject the negative it's only positive and we reject the negative but i think the most effective application of positive thinking is is by first seeing the totality and then choosing it's like saying i see it all and i experience it all and i'm not denying any of the experience but actually how do i move forward how do i want to move forward how do i want to choose this situation to go and in my human consciousness, I'm able to lead myself to higher outcomes because I have the ability to choose and lead with the positive. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. You know, in my journal, my first book, I talk about um, I created the rare method. And so we first recognize the negativity, because if we don't recognize, how can we change it? Um, and then we have to accept it, that this is the way that it was or how we felt. Um, and then we evolve, we, you know, so we recognize, accept, and then we redefine how that feeling or thought should be. And when we do that into something more positive, that's how we evolve. That's how we expand. And going through that process to the negativity in your life, to me, that's not, you know, people have coined toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Toxic positivity is ignoring everything. And it, it's not ignored, you know, the body picks up everything and stores things. Our yeah, minds yeah. pick up everything and stores things. So when we can move through it, that's when we can truly heal and enjoy our life and not kind of just cover it up, right? Mm. Yeah, one of the nice visuals that you make around the comfort zone or expanding the comfort zone is is the word acclimation. Mm, yeah, I really like that as a word. Tell us about the process of acclimation. Oh, I'm so glad that you like acclimation because um, at first we were like, you know, are people going to resonate with this or understand the word, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's truly how growth happens and. Yeah no one has ever really talked about the stages of growth it's just like get out of your comfort zone and let pain be the determining factor but if we can use the process of acclimation to grow and expand and stretch our comfort zone that's how we can truly sustainably grow yep. so acclimation is 
like, like I said about stretching, well, you know, you stretch just enough and you feel that bit of uncomfortableness, but you don't take it to the level of pain. Yep. So there's, to me, there's three phases of acclimation. And I kind of have a diagram like you were talking about and explain in the book. So first we are unfamiliar and uncomfortable with the process, but it's something we want to do. It's, it's not something that we're like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm making myself do this. It's something that you're being kind of drawn to and you know you want to do it. Um, and you're unfamiliar with it and you're kind of uncomfortable, but this phase shouldn't last long because once you get started and with practice, you move to that second phase. And so the second phase is familiar and uncomfortable. So you're starting to get to know it. You're still feeling that bit of stretch. Um, but again, with practice, you're becoming more familiar with it. And the third is familiar and comfortable. And here is the goal. This is where you want to be. This is where you want it to feel natural. You love doing it. And if we give ourselves permission to kind of go through these phases, um, we'll get through something. I feel like a lot of people might give up at the beginning, not really understanding the process, or sometimes they spend way too much time in phase one or phase two, or even living in phase one or phase two of something. And that's not healthy. So we want to get to that phase three through practice and consistency. Yeah. Do you know why I think I resonate with the word acclamation so much? It's because I think it describes my journey mm. of podcasting. The very fact that yeah. I'm here having this conversation with you um, is the epitome of acclamation. I So about 100 episodes ago, I interviewed a well-known chap called Matthew McConaughey. And wow. um, so, every, so everybody would ask me, how did you get Matthew on your podcast? How did you? And for me, my answer was always, well, I had to do episode one. And I and I and the way I think about that in the context of acclamation is I had to use what I had, the resources available to me in that moment. And I just had to, for the love of it, like you say, the identity, I'm okay, I'm just gonna bring my curious questions, I'm gonna have fun while I'm doing it. And then the, the advice I give other people is like do 10 without judging it. I just do 10 episodes because you're a human being who learns by doing, you know, you touch something hot, you don't do it again sort of thing. So you just have mm -hmm. to trust that you don't need to judge yourself because the sheer act of showing up and doing the thing with what you have in this moment will always leave you better. And I think that's really then started to redefine the way I look at the name always better than yesterday. Cause in the start, it was a mindset of, Oh, how can I find the 1%? How can I be better? Whereas for me now, better than yesterday simply means it is the natural byproduct of doing things with love. Like if I show up oh, with love, love if I love what I do and I love who I serve, then being better than yesterday is not a requirement. It will be the result. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's really perfect. I I totally resonate with all of that. Mm. Yeah, and, and I guess what are... What are some of the gifts of living in the comfort zone? You know, one of my one of my friends, Jen. You know, she's asked a question uh, around um, how how can how can we balance this idea of challenge but comfort? Because I think what she's seeking is peace. Mm. I think what she's seeking is is peace in the way that she shows up. Because I think what Jen would associate with is definitely that 
that characteristic of I can work my face off. Like I don't need to learn how to work my face off, but I need to learn how to almost rest hard uh, as much as she works hard. So how would you, how would you bring someone maybe not back? That's probably the wrong word, but how would you invite someone into feeling more at peace and still stretching themselves? Yeah. So it'd be okay in the moment you're saying and peaceful with things just being where they are right now. I feel like gratitude is important there. Mm. Really feeling grateful for that moment. Um, because that's how you can truly enjoy the present and bring that peace. Peace is definitely part of the comfort zone. Mm. Yeah. Another one of my good friends, Jason, he's from, um, he's from uh, Fort Worth in Texas and he, he, um, mm. I think you touched on it briefly, which is about how when you do things counter to the world, along with it comes this judgment. You mean you're doing what? You mean you're having a daytime bath? You know, my wife, I've I've definitely had some daytime baths. And my wife's like, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be working? I'm like, well, daytime baths for the win. Too much information. But so so how do you how do you let go of that external kind of judgment and and because it's, I guess it's faith, isn't it? It's believing that this is the right thing and believing that it is before you even see, I guess. Like, how would you rationalize uh, to Jason maybe quieting down those external voices? Um, you mean external voices from others, you know? Yeah, people judging kind of you. Judging. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, hey, an example of your bath, if you feel you need to recharge, and a lot of times when you do go to work, you're working in the flow you're feeling better we know what we need and no one else knows that and actually before i hit rock bottom i was listening to too many voices outside of me i started thinking that their opinions were more important than my own and when you do trust yourself and you can build that trust by consistently showing up and seeing that hey that is what i needed and when you build that trust with within from within even if you're getting the outside noise of hey you should be doing this or that um you just you can't listen you can't listen to everything you're told um or what people say sometimes you have to politely kind of reject or decline their suggestion if inside it really feels necessary mm. yeah yeah i appreciate that one of the things I added to the LinkedIn post that your husband and you commented on was this context of leadership. So I, mm. I believe that, you know, I think you talked about science and I think there's a real understanding of our human biology when we're under stress outside the comfort zone, which is we actually produce more cortisol, limiting the access to the prefrontal cortex, meaning our thoughts and our actions become less human, less others focused, less you know, more, more self-focused, which is the opposite of good leadership, right? Good leadership yeah. is, is about my ability to serve and other people and be able to sacrifice myself should I need to. And um, which is why I kind of had that, that thought in that moment is that actually I need to be in my comfort zone as a leader so that I might get the best out of myself, my team and the other situation. Um, what's your kind of perspective on when it comes to uh leading other people being around other people um and getting ourselves in that bit where we are in our comfort zone yeah i feel like communication is key um everyone's different and they have 
their own preferences and their opinions, but if we can communicate and understand each other's preferences and boundaries and offer that safe space to express ourselves, then I feel like we can really create from that place and in our comfort zone. We also want to, at least for work-life balance, kind of respect um, respect that for our team and whoever we're working with, that there's no shame for downtime or rest or a vacation. Um, I I talked to so many people who feel guilty for taking off a weekend or taking a vacation. And we we don't want to do that because our bodies are telling us like, Hey, we need to recharge. Yeah. One of the images that's kind of come to my mind as you were speaking was just nature. And Mm. I think we, you know, nature obviously does, uh, so particularly the animal kingdom, they don't have the prefrontal cortex, which is the ability to think about their thinking, right? So they they interact often by reading the energy uh, around them. And isn't it funny how intuitively we know that we have to be calm and make that animal feel comfortable, otherwise it bolts. That's so true. Wow. So the same is true of our workplace, right? If we go in with an energy that doesn't make people feel comfortable, then we're going to constantly be at this edge of this fight flight situation where we've got arguments, conflict, maybe we've got um, disagreement or just people just wanting to get out of there, not feeling safe, not feeling like they yeah. belong. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what it means for me visually in a, in a business setting is we want people to feel comfortable, meaning you're safe, you belong, come and contribute the best of yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because people aren't going to express their ideas or enjoy what they're doing if they don't feel safe. They feel like if their nervous system is always on alert in that like fight, flight, freeze that you're talking about, because oftentimes that happens and we don't have access to um, our, you know, our prefrontal cortex and our amygdala is like stressed out you know we don't have access to the flow or creativity or feelings of ease so being able to really um harness that at work is so important Mm. do you have any kind of techniques maybe affirmations maybe be breathing any kind of techniques to recognize when you're all you're outside your comfort zone and ways of bringing yourself back to being centered Yeah, I think our feelings are just the natural indicator, of course, and oftentimes reframing our feelings Mm -hmm. and really feeling the moment because I feel like in any moment we have the possibility to access gratitude or joy if we just switch our perspective and recognizing the different feelings um, in each zone is so important to kind of bringing us back and as far as habits to kind of bring you back into your comfort zone, everyone is different. You know, affirmations are great. Taking a walk in nature. You were talking about nature. I love going for a walk in nature, you know, calling a loved one, journaling, you know, taking a nap. Um, I I have even essential oils. Um, There's just so many ways. I feel like, and everyone's different, whatever works for you to kind of bring you back to like balance. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sandalwood kind of 
oil, cedarwood and sandalwood. I have some oils right here next to me. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I have uh, lavender. Which one do you have? <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I've got a bit of bergamot and... Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I had someone make it up. So that is doTERRA, I think, by the looks of it. Yeah, I've got a, yes. a friend. Mm -hmm. I got a friend locally who 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 does that, and she's made me up some kind of natural, uh, shall we say, aftershave type spray. Oh, nice. Yeah, very, it's very nice. helpful. It really Co it really makes a difference. Coconut oil, cedarwood, sandalwood, frankincense, and arborvitae. Mm. Natural. Nice. Um. What about relationships? You know, I, I think if we applied uh, the understanding of now, let's redefine comfort with complacency. I think we understand what complacent relationships look like. We're not investing in each other. We're not hmm. spending time with each other. Maybe, the, maybe we're focusing too much on the kids and maybe we're not getting out and doing date nights regularly, or, or maybe we forgot to appreciate the goodness that each other does. I think I think that's complacent but what does a what is a a relationship in a, in a comfort zone look like and um, what then do you think becomes possible for those two people yeah i i feel like communication again is very key here just like in a work environment when we can take time to talk about our preferences mm -hmm. and even our boundaries that creates a safe space again when we safe space i keep talking about it but it really is so important in so many ways when we feel safe then we can express ourselves with each other and our feelings and and utilize the love that's there because when we create borders right and put walls up um that shuts everything down so really making sure our communication is clear and happens often. Sometimes when you're busy, you don't take time to really talk about things. And that right there can take you out of your comfort zone and your relationship. Yeah, mm. I, I definitely resonate because, you know, my, my wife and I, we probably were complacent. Then we went through that discomfort period where things were not well. Uh, and then that brought us back to that, okay, well, Let's learn to appreciate the gifts that we both bring to this dynamic. Let's let's learn to let go of all the things that we we've come to resent about each other for being together for 20 years. And how do we kind of both give each other permission to just show up in the best versions of ourselves? Um, grace for the shadow side of it, shall we say. And, and absolutely, we are as a unit far more comfortable, shall we say, in our in our zones of genius and in our contribution to our family, for sure. Yeah, I love that. My husband and I are also um, 20 years and knowing each other's preferences and the things that, um, you know, bring us joy and yeah. um, the way that we enjoy life and experience life. I think that's so important for sure. Yeah. Well, it's like Proverbs 27 says is as iron sharpens iron. So humans sharpens another human. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's the wonderful thing about living in relationship with other human beings mm -hmm. is that you learn a lot that. about yourself. You know, yeah, you're going to get refined <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just don't, you know, force the process, but then also right. don't resist the process. That's so true. Yeah. Let it unfold as it's as it's nature's intending it to be. One yeah. of the paradoxes with the your idea is many people will have such, you know, you talked about being a dreamer, such visions of the future. 
And yet, how do you balance the patience between expanding to being the person that's able to become that vision of the future? You know, for me, I, I just use gratitude. I'm just yeah. very happy for where I am, how far I've come. Yeah, right. um, I had a friend who I gave an early copy of the comfort zone to, and I talk about rings on a tree and we're our comfort zones are much like rings on a tree where they are continually growing. And I love what she did. Actually, her name is uh, Anna Costa. She, what she did was on a particular day, she was like, you know, I don't feel so confident in myself and where I am. And what she did was she actually drew a diagram of like rings on a tree, circular rings, and kind of put in in each one how far she's come. Wow. And I and when she really looked at it from that perspective, she was like, wow, you know, I've done so much. And sometimes we're always looking for that next thing. Yeah. But when we look back and say, look where I was and how, look how far I've come, no matter what that is um, for you, that's so important to honoring yourself in this present moment, everything you've been through. And also then where you're gonna go because we're expansive beings, we, we want, you know, more experience and more knowledge and just kind of um, going back and forth between those two things, you know? That's such a powerful visual, isn't it? I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever seen the uh, Dunning-Kruger curve, which is the one often kind of goes up real steep, then it comes down and then we journey. For me, I think that Dunning-Kruger curve represents uh, what happens when we experience imposter syndrome. We find mm. something new, maybe it's like coaching and our it's like a confidence competence um, on the axes. So we, we get really confident really quickly because we've got this new thing and then we realise how much we don't know. And then all of a sudden our confidence <laughs> dips. But at this point it dips, we're far more competent than we've ever been. And I think as we journey along that competence axis, it's nice to reflect, actually, do you know what? Let's stop putting confidence outside of ourselves and start bringing it in, in terms of the person that we are always becoming. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. That's great. Yeah. What, um, what do you hope that uh, your book does for people? It lands in a lap or is there going to be an audio version as well? Audible? Yes, we did. Great. Recorded the audio. Love mm -hmm. that. Uh, what do you hope? Um, what do you hope for your listeners and your readers when they when they experience the the comfort zone? Uh, you know what you said earlier about giving them per permission to right. enjoy their comfort zone and prioritize comfort and feeling good in their body, feeling good in their life, feeling good in their relationships. You know, I I just want a paradigm shift where we're not always forcing and trying to get things outside of ourselves. Let's go within and harness that power that we were given and expand from that place it's really like a a mindset shift and it's but it's so powerful to step into that and always you know go with from within first before we're looking for everything outside of ourselves so i just want um more people to come from that perspective and create from that perspective i feel like we're going to have more mission driven and purpose-filled people yeah. in the world yeah amen to that love that I, I think there's a lot of uh entrepreneur bros in the space that put all these oh the greatest flex is this and that and all money based <laughs> and i'm like i genuinely think the greatest flex is being able to appreciate all we have without having to lose it first 
Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I have a word here at Always Better Than Yesterday. It's called heartprint. And the origin of this word comes from my time in policing. Uh, my career was in policing. And we used to teach detectives the Lockhart's exchange principle, which is this idea that every contact leaves a trace. So we would teach the detectives to really think about where has the offender left of themselves at the scene. And I started to realize that we needed to be teaching leaders that concept too, because I truly believe that our leadership leaves a trace. Sometimes we leave people better, sometimes we leave people worse, sometimes that's conscious, and sometimes it's subconscious, unconscious. But either way, I think our the way that we show up and interact with people leaves a trace. And when that is people to people, I call that heart print. Mm, I love I'd, that. I'd love for you to take a moment to think about what you believe your heart print will be through the power of positivity, through you as a human being through your book, what do you believe your heart print will be? Mm. I feel like I am a bridge here to others and um, an example of how to shine your light, to come from a dark place and know that things can get better and that you have a light within and you can shine it. And I think sometimes we forget that we have that light or we don't believe in that light. And my mission would be for everyone to truly shine that light as bright as possible, because I feel like that's why we're here. I love that. I'm here for that. 18th of April is when the Comfort Zone book is released. Is there any question that I've not asked you that you'd, that you'd have loved to answer today? Hmm. Um, are you going to start living in your comfort zone? <laughs> well, I, yeah. Do I, I or are you, do you think you are already? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, 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 I feel like you have put to words a feeling that maybe I wasn't aware of, mm. you know, that in, in some way, um, I mean, I, I've had guests on in the past talk about get, you know, get uncomfortable. And, and I understand that mantra because I do ice baths and I do things like that. So I, I know that I'm putting myself in a state of discomfort, but actually what I'm recognizing now is that even that in itself, I'm becoming more comfortable by doing that. The more I exactly. do it, the more comfortable I'm getting with it. Exactly. I feel like the goal is to get more comfortable with more things. Let's yeah. experience life and get more comfortable with it. Um, and we, we have that type of mindset we can do really anything like you were talking about the um mountain climber you know you had to get comfortable with that that's a difficult thing you know people who skydive that's a very difficult thing but they love it and they've acclimated to it and yeah. so if we can just step into the world each day with that type of mindset whether something is we're humans things are going to be painful right um and they're going to be a bit uncomfortable but kind of leading with that um mindset yeah i mean you know not everything's life and death but you know even within sports you know i uh, uh, there's a there's a guy called dr kerry evans who wrote a book called um perform under pressure um he, so he was the consultant with the all blacks rugby team you know one of the most successful rugby teams of all time mm. and one of the things he would train the players to be able to do is come back to blue mind rather than red mind Meaning that if they got one minute on the clock left to go and they need to score a try, 
he wants them to be in blue mind, not red mind, which is comfort zone, not out of comfort zone. Mm. He's not leaving it to chance to say, hey, can you can you perform at your best if you're erratic and you're worried and you're stressed and you're frantic? No, we want to train ourselves in that moment to come back to the comfort zone. The same if we're doing talks or public speaking. There's no use me being so out of my comfort zone before I'm about to speak to you that I can't string a sentence together and, and give you a good experience as a as a guest. I have to find the comfort zone in me to be able to do my best in this moment. So I absolutely subscribe to, to your message. And I'm, and I'm glad that you've um, been able to somehow take this concept and, and bring not only words to it, but research, science, reflective questions, journal prompts. It's, it's an incredible book. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Love that. Uh, in the show notes, you can find all the great links to uh, um, to your great work and I would just be honored if you'd leave us a final thought from your good self yeah uh, get comfortable with life get comfortable with experience and just enjoy the journey love that Kristen thank you so much thank you Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you.